0: Gaming NBS episode 319, coming to you Monday, November 23rd, Kojo 2020! Welcome to Gaming NBS, the tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad you're here.
1: For those of you who uh, tuned in last week when I wasn't here, I apologize. I heard it was a complete debacle. What? No, I'm kidding. Brett was... <laughs> north. Yeah. He yeah, well, I got one. I got—I had to come back to Wisconsin to get one. I did not get one in Michigan. Oh. Opening day in Wisconsin, I got a nice eight.
0: Eight-pointer. Eight-point buck, Derry. Ain't a 30-pointer, but sure, it's good enough. Sure was good enough, Derry. Good Got enough. Her. Yeah, go chop that one up and eat her, put it on
1: the grill later tonight. I actually ate some for lunch today. It was good.
0: For all you animal rights folks, <laughs> you're on the wrong channel.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. It's the thing I unless do. You,
0: unless you get animal rights and hunting. And yes. Cons- conservative. You could do that. Animal conservancy, conservancy, whatever. yes. Con- yes. So let's see here. Sean, what the hell did you talk about last time while I wasn't here? What'd you do? Man, it was I think I titled the show Bash the Shit Out of Brett Hour. I love it. No. Good. I no, I that's didn't. I would know. <laughs> I was updating the, the, the group on uh Curse of Strat is officially delayed and canned for the most part.
1: Aww. You well, and I talked you and I talked. I'm I'm up to speed on
0: that yes but uh, I, we
1: share whatever you wish
0: I, yeah so i just i uh canceled december session yeah that was last week they're like get on like I, um yeah so i canceled december session i may not regroup with it that's fine uh and so that was that and then um i talked to i did foundry demo Cool. It kind of went half-ass, unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. Eh. And then uh, that was it. For gaming, I haven't game this week at all. No zero games at all. Same, same here. I did not
1: get much done. However, while I was up in Michigan, wandering around Cedar Swamp, um, wishing I could see something I could shoot and eat, I was thinking about Sean, of all weird things. What? about shooting and eating stuff. Um, anyway, um, what I thought about was, hey, man. Things are the way my life is getting reorganized now. I have a Tuesday game with my regular group, but I, I don't have a Thursday game going. So I think I'm rapidly getting to a spot where I could run Thursdays for like you and some BSers and stuff. So I think I'm getting to a spot where I could do that pretty quick. I just want to figure out this whole... Um, Moving component, and then my surgery got pushed out because of COVID, and the hospitals are full, so I don't know when that'll get scheduled. But
0: yeah, you might want to like move and have surgery and all that. Yeah, stuff yeah, first. yeah, that, that, that,
1: that, that, but I, mean, I, you know, we could do a one shot or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So there's opportunities there.
0: So having said that, on the gaming front, the Brett and Sean gaming front, I uh, announcement. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very uneventful at the end of that. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm going to run, for sure, uh, a one-shot of Alice is Missing, and I have some BSers that are interested. And uh, for those that are not into story-based games, it's probably not your jam, and that's okay. Okay. But it's, uh, it's, it seems like an intriguing game. We're going to play it on Discord. I'm going to get Cthulhu, and he's going to get me some some Roll20 access because so, he's got it there, and it'll make it easier for cards flipping. And then I got some BSers that are interested. I think we got five for sure. So I'm going to run that. I got to just coordinate schedules so I can get some folks into that. And then I'm going to run Star Wars Fantasy Flight Games, Age of Rebellion, and Edge of the Empire. So... You're like, what? Both? You're crazy, Sean. You're nuts. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. A little We're bit. Not, you got yeah. a plan? You have a plan? I kinda do. Uh, oh. Kinda. <laughs> we've we've kinda <laughs> had plans before. We'll see how this one goes. <laughs> uh cool. I say I say either because um it's gonna be one shots or or it's gonna be four hour scenarios. And if we get done in one night, great. If we don't, then we do it in two nights. You're thinking like a quasi one.
1: Kawazi West Marches thing where you go adventure to adventure? or No West Marches. Okay, okay. Drop in,
0: drop out because there's a difference.
1: Got it. Yes, there is.
0: Right. Somebody's like, oh, West Marches. And I'm like, no, not West Marches because West Marches would be more, hey, you all figure it out. You let me know when to game and where you want to go and what you want to do. And that's not kind of going to be the case. I'm going to dictate that as a game master. I'm just going to run a scenario, but it will be, hey, what five people are interested in playing on Thursday night? What five people see? Are that's Tuesday? that's
1: kind of what I was thinking of doing as well. Like, hey, I've got time this Thursday. <clears throat> I'm thinking about running one shot, throw it up on the uh, Gaming BS forums. Who's in? Set up a Zoom call. Bam, done. Right.
0: Cool. So I'm going to do that. I'll put it out. I have to. So there is a great, great. I don't know if it's great, but there is a very solid, organized play group that is out on the web that has like I think there's probably. 25 to 30 scenarios and they have the rules on like character creation, like here's the character creation, like here's the kind of house rules. And so it really does uh, help me with just like, all right, here, read this, go by this. And then most of them are going to be age of rebellion, but they're going to be one shots, but that doesn't mean people can't create edge of the empire. And then you bring a character in, I'm going to run it. And then once it's done, it's done. And then, rinse, repeat. I'll probably run some of the same scenarios, so if people want to get them all checked off, and then I'm just going to run that. Now, the only problem I foresee happening is if I put this out to patrons and, and BS or community, and I don't get five people, or four to five, that are interested in Star Wars, because some people may like, hey, Star Wars isn't my jam. Well, then I'm, I might have a problem, and then I might have to hang it up. But we'll see.
1: Hey, gotta try something, man.
0: So like that's... It. That's on my docket to kick out, and that'll be pr- at least every other week for sure. I don't know what night and I don't know what time yet. So that's what I'm doing. Did you? You didn't game this week, Brett?
1: No, not at all. As I said, I'm. Uh, I'm thinking what I'm going to do is try to figure out some Thursday one shot action that I can pull together. Yeah, it could be fun, and I'm going to need it if nothing else. It's a good stress reliever, a two three hour four-hour session Woo, that was fun we you know killed the goblin king we did this thing we saved whomever did the thing and off we go so i've got some call cthulhu adventures i can run Trailer cthulhu stuff so there's some good shit we can pull together
0: cool awesome yeah and i think with i, I find it hard to believe nobody would play star wars for a little while because it's there's no obligation there's no commitment
1: well, nothing else. It's a good idea. It's a good way to try that system. We've talked about it a long time ago in the past. I've had a lot of fun with it. The funky dice, the whole bit. It's a good. It's fun. It's a fun narrative approach to that game. I think it fits the Star Wars genre very well.
0: And it fixes the problems I'm having with Five E and Curse of Strad. It's it's Star Wars, so I'm not gonna like get too gritty. It's Star Wars. Bring your Star Wars face. Yep. It's you know mortality isn't overly. Excessive, So it allows people to do more things and they can fail because it's part we, of well, the you're mechanics. Playing this,
1: you're playing in the Star Wars genre. You're not, you're not taking a game like th- that D&D is itself and then modding it in some way to fit a genre, right? You're not taking a toolbox game and saying, well, I'm going to play gothic horror with it. And one of the things you ran into was some people like, well, D&D for me is X. And you're trying to play X minus 10 and that's not my D&D type of thing. No, I like it. It's it's a way to we've talked about this before too. Certain games really fit they're kinda of niche games in a way. They really fit the genre, they fit the IP really well. And some of those when you sign up for it, the preconceived notions you have, you're ninety percent there. So that's cool. That's very good, man. I like the idea. I like the idea. So that's it for that's all I have
0: on my end. Cool. Announcement wise, you're giving away something? Is that true? So we have three codes for exploring Eberron. And if you would are interested, yeah, Nola the bird, I'm dressed up tonight. What can I say, man? Uh I'm he gonna looks give like a banana. A, I'm giving a copy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving a copy away i love to you too. <laughs> I'm giving a copy away to uh, people on our email list. So if you are interested, I will put a link. If you're not on our email list, um, by all means, get on there. And if you are, you are automatically entered to win. Um, but if you are wanting to, uh, if you're not an Eberron fan and you just want to know more about it, this is, I mean, it's a free PDF. It's by Keith Baker, the creator of Eberron. Uh, came out with a uh, 5e book with Exploring Everon. There's a lot of flavor. There are some mechanics in it, but you can use it for a setting. And so uh, we'll be giving one away. Uh, drawing probably at the end of December for at least one, maybe in the middle for Christmas, and you can give it away if you want. But uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for people to enter their email. And if you're not sure if we do have your email, go ahead and put it back in. I think it'll kick it out if it's a duplicate, but... So that's it for announcements. Yeah, know nothing of. else
1: I know of offhand. I know Evercon. I've mentioned this before, evercon.org. Uh, they are going uh, virtual. So it's January when the game is happening, so check it out. Or the game when the con is happening, so check it out. They're going virtual this year. Simply, it's the right thing to do in the time. And I also, if I remember correctly, uh, GaryCon has already said no GaryCon in person. Oh, they've already I believe it has been said. I, if somebody out there hears this when this drops... And I am wrong. I apologize, but I believe they've already said look, um, the way we're doing, the way we're at right now in Wisconsin, there's no way we're going to be allowed to have that many people in a place. So,
0: Sergeant Dan did an in real life face to face con. Nice. That guy's crazy. He's he a Marine, crazy. though. He's, yeah.
1: Well, Jesus, he's crazy. He's bulletproof. Yeah. He's a
0: Marine. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into Random Encounter. Random Encounter, <laughs> segments uh, that covers emails, voicemails, comments from social media and listeners. The first one, Corey Welch, friend of the show, does an uh, online charity event every year. Not every year, ever since this has occurred. It's. Um, I will let the audio speak for itself.
2: Crawl for the Cure, this is what it is. In December 2018, the gaming community tragically lost a good friend, Jerry Steffick to cancer. An avid gamer, history buff, reenactor, and father, his love of family, friends, and his hobbies was always evident. Through the Jerry Steffick Memorial Crawl for the Cure 2020, his friends in the Midwest will perform Mighty Deeds to Do Good in his name, with proceeds going to the American Cancer Society for research and patient assistance. Join us on Twitch channel DCC underscore Mayhem on Saturday, December 12th. From 10 a.m. Central through midnight, watch games of DCC, D&D 5th Edition, Dark Trails, and Castles and Crusades. When donating, you can make in-game suggestions to be the boon or chaos for our troop of players. Make it wild and watch the insanity unfold. Plus, hourly RPG PDF raffles for our donors from our awesome sponsors, Goodman Games, Purple Sorcerer Games, Stiff Whiskers Press, Game Hole Publishing, and Troll Lord Games. Check out our site for more details at, one word, crawlforthecure.net. Quest on, crawlers.
0: Yeah, if you guys can make that, um, great. Uh, if you go to Crawl for the Cure, I'm sure there might be methods to support the cause. Uh, great. That's a great, cause thanks Corey for doing that. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate it. Thanks for the sponsors that have also contributed to the show, like Purple Sorcerer Games. No, it's good. The,
1: it's good stuff. That, that product, the whole so. crew, uh, the Troll Lord guys. So I bumped into them at every con I go to, and always friendly, super nice. I can stop by the booth and just bullshit with them for like a half hour. They're just it's just fun, you know. That that everybody on that list is fun, and Corey Welch just a damn stand up dude and a great master. So that's really awesome. Yeah, very cool.
0: All right. Email.
1: Let's move on, man.
0: You read. All right. DM Kojo. God. If he talks about winning and losing in RPGs, I'll tell you. This guy. Oh, well. Let's see what we got. Failure is always an option. Ooh, let's see what we get here. Kojo's a smart man. Let's see he's, he's this is worth listening to. There are two main reasons why I tune into your podcast week in and week out. One, because you always have topics and discussions that make me reflect them on myself as a gamer. Oh, that's cool, man. Thank you. That's that's actually very high praise. It is. And two, because I'm always excited to hear how Sean pronounces 2020 each week. <laughs> 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 Slid that in that's, at the beginning for you, Kojo. That's very Nice. Your recent conversation about failure in RPGs got me thinking. First off, I respect that all gamers will not like the same style of gaming, and that is great. This note is in no way meant to judge how other people play, but to explain my thoughts on it. Fair enough. Personally, I feel that failure failure is an important part of the RPGs that I like to play, even if that failure is due to unlucky dice rolls. I feel that it is important for myself and my players to embrace that failure is going to happen and that it can still be fun. Just uh, a note. He may or may not say it, but uh, he runs Edge of the Empire. That's right. He does.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: All right. Of fate. Of late. Not fate. Of late. I mostly run convention one shots and for games for my kids. In con games, failure isn't seen as a big deal because it isn't a campaign. Very true. For my kids, I have set the expectation that there will be nights when things go badly in the game, and that is okay. PCs will die, tears will be shed, and the story marches on. When I previously had gaming groups that I was running campaigns for, failure was not considered unpleasant, because my players and I had that expectation set in session zero. If I rolled up a character with a strength of three, I embraced it and made that an interesting facet of their personality— when a player rolls way too low on their to-hit roll, I narratively describe how inept their attack was and make it a fun part of the story. If your character fails a fails save or die, poison saving throw, I describe how they bravely saved their comrades from a gruesome death and died heroically. I don't see failures in the game as a reason not to be having fun. Basically, failure is always narrative in my games because that's how I describe it. That way, failure failure is never seen as a boring, you miss, you miss again affair. Even the misses are fun. Therefore, I want failure to be a part of my games, and I tend to avoid games where failure is rare. The exception is Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars, although I do wish that game was more lethal for PCs. I like it. I like it. I like it. I always encouraged power gamers from playing. Discourage. 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 Oh, my God. I always, also always discourage power gamers for playing in my games. I don't like to run for players who want to optimize their characters so as to prevent failures. That kind of gaming drives me nuts, but I know many players enjoy that. Recognizing that, I have always told players that if that is the type of game they want to play, my table may not be the best fit. But if you want a game where failure happens, often in spectacular narrative fashion, then I'm the GM for you. Keep on gaming on, DM Kojo.
1: I like this. There's There's some really good stuff in here, Kojo. Thank you very much. I love the fact, you know, this is the type of games you run. You make this very clear. And Sean, this talks a little bit to some of what you've talked about with gaming. And, you know, you don't want the power gaming building to never fail and so forth and so
0: on. And I don't. I, think, I don't mind it. I don't mind it if that's the game. If that is yeah, like if that's, like if that's I were what I'm playing, saying. if I were running Eberron, right? Kind of mm-hmm. like hey, it's pulpy. It's got noir, and and it's you're you're flying down freaking lightning rails, and you're like James yeah, yeah, Bond. Correct. But yeah, playing, man, go nuts. If go, you're playing
1: crazy stick to the genre right is what you're saying you're trying to emulate a genre here folks right and if you're trying to hit to at least sean is in this case right if you're trying to go gothic horror like look weird crazy things don't build a gothic horror character to be batman it's not really that doesn't fit you know you're not superman gotham gothic a little different kind of
0: close but
1: you don't have to yeah yeah you get the point so I like this, Coach I think I think you explain yourself very well, and I love the fact you're talking about descriptive narrative failure because there is something I think we touched on this, but I, I love the way you bring this up. Is the boring? You miss. You miss again. You don't do any damage. You can't hit. That shit is fucking. It, it's unner- it, Not unnerving. It's just boring, unfun, and can be just. Uh, it, it can wreck your whole evening, right? Or at least if you fail, but you fail in a goofy, or even a seriously odd way that like, yes, you fail, but you failed so spectacularly, the next guy gets advantage on his attack, or this the the bad guy's tied up, he can't do anything else, because he's just staring at you, he can't believe you just did what you did. So that type of narration, I think is awesome. So that that takes that failure component, and turns into something that's an FFG Star Wars thing, Sean, right, where it's a very descriptive Approach to things, so I like it. I think this is good stuff. Thanks, Kojo, appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, thanks, Kojo. 2020!
1: Oh, all right, <laughs> Kyle mentioned us on Bookface. Since you seem to enjoy the last dispatch for my current campaign, I thought I would update you on the outcome of the encounter and propose a topic. Oh, here we go, get my notes going. After being shamed into fighting a forest fire with, with no rest and little spell power left. My PCs found themselves, as predicted, fighting a powerful warlock of Yenigo and his demon minions in the middle of a raging fire. Yenigo happens to be the uh, a powerful warlock, the demon lord of gnolls and Trolls. So, at least Knolls, for sure. The battle involved the druid polymorphing into a giant gorilla and flinging a demon into an inferno, and the warlock plane shifting out to fight another day. The big twist, however, came when a mob of treants arrived after the battle to help subdue the fire. After everything was under control, a dozen trance decided to have words with our heroes. A thoughtful discussion ensued regarding their fate. The wise ancient forest protectors decided that, since the fight that caused the fire was a result of PCs bringing their enemies into the woods, the easiest solution would be to rip the PCs apart so demonic forces would have no reason to come back. That's a damn good reason. An impromptu trial occurred where the PCs bribing, begging, and bluffing their way out of being dismembered. Meanwhile, a group of "quote unquote" refugees were arguing that the PCs had actually set the fires with their recklessness. These refugees were, of course, the jackaware henchmen of the warlock in their human forms. Very nice. The PCs managed not to screw up and avoided being torn apart by treants, but they wound up being kicked out of the forest. The punk kids at the club with a, like punk kids at a club with a fake ID. The forest, incidentally, occupies about a third of their home region and borders the boundaries of their stronghold on three sides. <laughs> what had me thinking about this was to use, quote, unquote, friendly monsters as adversaries. A lot of real estate in monster tomes is taken up by, a, quote, unquote, friendly creatures, and they often get glossed over. I'm interested in how other folks work with them. Thanks for all the work, and thanks for uh, uh, for turning me on to Mothership, although my first attempt around that game is a fiasco for another day, Kyle. Kyle I like the idea I like the topic idea too where you take um a friendly and uh, make that friendly a confrontation we've talked a little bit Sean about you know not every conflict is a fight and you know social con- uh, social conflicts and so forth but I like this idea that Kyle has about using friendly creatures kind of as not not as combatants but as adversaries somebody who's got a different point of view. You know, when I think about your Star Wars idea, I think about some of the Star Wars movies I've seen over the years where, you know, Han Solo, spoilers, at the beginning wasn't all that big on being a hero, you know, and that type of stuff. So kind of cool. I like it. Yoda being a bit of a jerk to Luke at the beginning. That type of thing.
0: Evil is all perspective. Well, it can be. One evil guy is another one's good guy. Uh, quite possibly.
1: I like it. Thanks, Kyle, though. That's That's good stuff, man. I think we're going to throw that in there. Yeah,
0: thanks, Kyle. All right, that wraps it up for Random Encounter. Let's go into the main topic, shall yeah, we, move. Brett?
1: Let's all move. right, let's do that.
0: <laughs> all right, Brett. Brett is going to talk about how he's playing AD&D and going to dick it all up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm back, right? So I had a week off. So now I got to hog the mic again for about an hour. <laughs> so buckle up, kids. <laughs> so one of the things that got so me... So, Brett, honest, you're
0: going to run a, D- a D&D game.
1: Yeah. So you know why I wanted to do this? Why? Tell me Tell me why, Because Brett. of
0: you. Shut your face off.
1: I'm dead serious. My friends and I have been talking about, I talked a while back about how I wanted to make my own version of D&D, together bits and pieces, and basically take all my homebrew and turn it into a thing. In the process of figuring that out, one of the things that Sean had mentioned is, Are you sure your group likes all of that stuff? I'm like, Huh, interesting, interesting, interesting. And the guys really like Greyhawk as a first edition setting. I haven't done it in a while. Listen to Forrester Gary on Twitter talking about his Greyhawk game. Like, man, that'd be fun to do again. And then Sean started complaining about 5e to me about how um, the skills, like, I'd like to play 5e without the skills, Brett. I'd like to have, stop having people. Do the I roll perception? I roll this. I roll that. I got a fifteen. Let me know what I learned. You want the narration and so forth in your DD. and I thought you know that one of the best games I have for that is first edition AD and for me anyway, because there are no skill lists. And the reason I'm I'm only using Player's Handbook, the DMG Monster Manual one two, and the Fiend Folio. I'm not using Unearthed Arcana, no Wilderness or Dungeon or Survival guides where there are skills. No. Oriental adventures, none of that kind of going to that, just that core, core set of the books. And um, I'm like, you know, this is, it'll be interesting to see to a couple points of Sean, one, how does my group do? Well, we play D and D in my World of Darkness game, if I run it and we don't roll dice a lot, they talk and they really narrate, they say, well, I got five points in this. I think I would know, or we play Amber, you know, Diceless. Um, people do fine. But as soon as I put D&D in front of them, they grab that, that D20 and just shake it all night long. They want to throw that D20, right? Like, I wonder how they'll do when we don't have... That was probably a horrible gesture people made. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so I, I figured, let, let's see. Because Sean asked the question of me off the mic. He's like, you think they actually want to do that? I'm like, I think they do.
0: Let's see. Who so would want to play that damn game?
1: Yeah, a couple I people. Know, I don't know. But if nothing else, it was kind of a... a uh, a a sneaky way, if you will, for me to play test a couple ideas I had around Brett's version of D&D, cobbling this thing together, and to see if the stuff I believe that they really like in first edition, they will enjoy. So it's, it's been interesting. We have uh, one player who really has a hard time understanding that if you don't have heroic stats, quote unquote, i.e. lots of stuff 16 and higher, Forgetting, not remembering that, you know, if you have a 15 in intelligence, you don't just get a blanket plus three or plus two on everything intelligence related. And that the you know, it just it works differently. The mechanics are different. So getting people over the mechanics has been interesting. But one of the things I am finding, Sean, is that without the skill list, a couple people were stymied. <laughs> they were they were like, oh. Because we've been playing so much Pathfinder, right?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Pathfinder, well, that's yeah, two dynamics there. Yeah, yeah and, and, and then 5e a lot. They're
1: like, oh, uh, yeah, but I normally would do this. Well, what the hell? So using that wonderful rulings versus rules thing that DCC pulls out, one of the things I've, I've learned with my crew here <laughs> is that to get them to narrate stuff, all that shit I've talked about for like the last six years or whatever, Sean, where we said, you know, if you give me a good narration, I'll give you a bonus. Or give you something. As soon as they realize that actually fucking worked and there's no skills and they're solely relying on getting a bonus by how well they describe something to me, it works. So let's, for example, Nick's character is a cleric. He, first level cleric, he knows they're outmatched, they're outgunned. They're in a little siege situation in this inn. It's winter. There's a, a necromancer with an undead horde. No one can count the numbers. It's storming. It's crazy outside. They're trying to figure out are they skeletons? Are they zombies? What's going on? So he, the innkeeper dies, somebody else gets killed, an NPC, they kind of get their asses kicked, they flee back into the inn. And Nick pulls everyone together and says, okay, look, whatever gods of good you believe in, we need to get together and pray. And he tells me, he goes, I, I, what he's doing, I said, that's that's cool, that's very good. He goes, Brett, just so you know, I'm trying to do something to get all these people rallied around me. I wanna improve their morale by having them pray. I'm like, ooh, I like that. So now these, inn, this, these folks in the inn, I basically boost the morale. They'll totally help you. They start offering up assistance. Oh, I have a potion of healing that I was saving for later. You guys look like you could need that right now. The wizard who's sequestered himself upstairs, who doesn't want to deal with any of this crap, he's willing to help them out because of the work that they're doing. So they're gaining edges. When they get into combat, they start playing sneaky as shit because they realize that the hit matrix for is different for everybody. I tell them flat out what the AC is. I'm like, look, it's a, you know, Eight armor class, it's a 10 armor class. So just tell them what it is so it's easier for them to find it. We roll faster this way. And they're like, well, I want to try to sneak around him. And and the first thing Alpha does is he's a a thief. So he grabs the dice and he rolls his percentile for sneak, hide, stock. Oh, it's not so good. I said, dude, don't worry. Don't think about it that way. What are you trying to do? Well, I want to circle wide. I said, are you willing to waste two turns to gain an advantage? Yes, yes, I am. Perfect. Don't roll the dice. He blows two turns, hooking through the snow, come up behind them, wham! And that's when he learned you can't backstab undead in first edition for backstab damage. Surprise! 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 But he did damage it, and then the creature turns around and goes, what? And I said, well, you surprised the zombie. So it's kind of like on two fronts here, zombies always go last. So what I did was, because the zombie, stupid creature, couldn't quite get it out, I gave each of them a flank bonus. I'll give you plus I'll give you plus 2 on each of your attacks because you've you creatively figured out a way to stymie this stupid undead. That's oh. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Right, you're crazy. You're so crazy. I know, over
0: the top. <laughs> you're nuts, man.
1: But I, I'm telling you, man, by by doing that, for me anyway. One of the things that it really did for my group as I said when I run Call of Cthulhu, World of Darkness, Trail of Cthulhu, any other game system that I pull out with my game group uh, when I ran Delta Green or whatever, they look at the character sheet like, yeah, okay, this tells me basically what I'm capable of doing, but they narrate the crap out of it. Well, when it comes to D&D, and I think this has been kind of, we've hardwired this into our brains, in my group anyway, with Pathfinder and a couple other of those, even with 5E. e well, I want advantage or I want disadvantage on the skill roll or that check. And I use pickpockets or excuse me, I use um, sleight of hand or, or whatever the key is, Right. Um, the thieves love the fact that they have these special skills. They can pick pockets, they can disarm traps, they can do this. They suck at it at the first level, right? But they think it's cool. They try it whenever they get a chance because they want to. And then because the thief does stuff and wants to narrate it to me. So when Zave's character is doing something, he narrates how he's trying to cause a distraction. So he can go pick up this feather that's fallen. He doesn't want anyone to see it. He wants to do a little quick sleight of hand, grab this thing so no one notices it in the bar because there's a big huckabuck stuffs going on people moving around the narration is really driving then i say i give him a bonus for it or i just say done that's plenty of distraction no one it, it, you're fine you got it you picked it up because it's inconsequential it's more fun for the story to move forward for him to have that feather because of its properties right and instead of having to figure out how do you find out if the one npc is lying to you you don't do a discern lies You don't do a, is he fucking lying to me check, or a, you know, whatever that is. The bullshit test is like...
0: We need that as a skill on a (laughs) sheet. Bullshit (laughs) test.
1: The bullshit test. Actually, that's a skill in um, BS detector in uh, gumshoe.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. But um, it, it was fun to have him go, well, how do I know? I'm like, you don't. What do you think? Well, can I make a wisdom check? I said, I guess. I said, sure, if you wanna roll under your wisdom, I've got a number, let's, let's see what you wanna do. I said, but it's not gonna answer you. You're not gonna get a definitive answer just by rolling die. And I think one of the pieces I'm learning from here is that when I'm running 5e, I try to bring that in, or when I run Pathfinder, I try to bring it in. But there's something in that fantasy world, in that version of D&D that says, if I roll a number, and after the modifiers, it beats the DC, the difficulty class. I win. I get it. I automatically You know, I, I rolled a twenty plus the five. I got a twenty-five. So unless the DC is like thirty, man, I got it. <sighs> it and it and it just kind of, it, it stops some of the narration for whatever reason with my group, and it, I think you've had this with your groups as well. Is that it? Just it's slow. It, it the desire to roll a skill check. Or to do something like that to shortcut some of the uh their narr- the narration and the descriptive components is uh it, it just really jumps out at people. So anyway, I'm I'm really pleased with that. But Brett. Yes, Sean.
0: There are some players that are not good diplomacy people. They're Correct. Are not they're not uh they may not even be smarter than their character.
1: That's quite possible, yeah.
0: So when you look at skills. I'm looking
1: at you, Lenny. Lenny's not smart in this, this character. He exactly doesn't, does. so I can mock him when he's not listening. <laughs> Hi, Lenny. Um, <laughs> anyway, carry on. So what what I do when that person can't yes. narrate?
0: Yeah, well, they cut they they're hey, they're you're talking to the NPC. Go ahead, talk. Talk. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell. You know, so, go ahead, talk. <coughs> for well, the people yeah. hey, Would you like to join us? Uh, you look pretty worthy.
1: So for the people that don't <laughs> want to get in the character like that, right? So I got guys like Lenny and Nick, are like they're in. They love that shit. Lenny yeah, especially, he does sure. the air, he jumps at it. Yeah. Now Alpha, on the other hand, is quieter. And he does a little bit of that, but not as much. Dave does a touch, but depending on the situation, he's not very comfortable with it. So what I do with those guys and with other people, and I, I'm, again, I'm realizing this, this really works well in this in, with the system, at least the way I'm, I'm running it right now with the crew is when they start, I say, okay, do you know what you wanna say? And if they go, uh, I'm like, or how, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, what I'm trying to do, Brett, is I wanna create a distraction. I don't know how to describe this. I wanna distract people using this pot and pan so that they look at the noise and then I wanna get them looking over there for the second or two that I know it'll take me to get that feather. Okay, Dave, that makes sense. So basically you're looking, you're setting up kind of a, a loud, like somebody, the the, wait, the the waiter drops the, the, the tray. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Perfect. So you want to trip the guy when he comes by? I do a joint narration with them. So they give me the idea and then I add the color to it. So you want to make noise, like pots and pans falling? Yeah. So like when the serving boy comes by, you want to like poke him, trip him a little bit when he's got, make a mess? No, I don't want to like cause a big fight or anything. How about when he's got empty cups? Oh, that'll work. So the empty cups and plates will hit the floor. It'll be loud. Everyone will look at him. Yes, perfect breath. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Sounds good. Sometimes I give the idea after, based on the high level that they give me, I, I narrow it down into a narration for them. They say, oh, not quite. How about, how about? And then we work it together. Kind of a writer's table exercise, if you will. I like the idea of X. How do I make that work?
0: So that's what I'm doing, Sean. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and the whole point of that question, inquiry was because some people go with the player, you know, the good player aspect. Like, it takes to be a good player to play some of those games. Um, I, I
1: think, for me, I I agree in a way, right, you need to be a good player, right? Player just, skill. I, yeah. Player skill. I want to yeah. play with good players. And to me, a good player is somebody who want, who can explain to me what they want to do. Do they do it in character, or do they do it third person, or they do it as an omniscient narrator? What I'm seeing is like, if I had a camera at this angle, I wanna see I don't care how you do it, just explain it to me, and then we can work it in together. And I find for me, with my group, and I do this, I found this at cons too, is that people who are very into doing it in character, boom, they light up the stage, they jump up and they're ready to go. And when other people, if you don't give them the option and when you see somebody start to flounder a little bit, if you don't step in and say, let me help you, not using those words, because to me, that's condescending. If Sean's having a hard time, I go, Sean, let, let, let me help you narrate this, because obviously you're not as good as Lenny.
0: Ooh,
1: You know, that's, that's, <laughs> if you were one of my friends that I've known for 30 years, yeah, I'll make fun of you. That's, that's fun to do. That's the shit we do at the table. But at a convention game, or when I don't know you, and we're getting together and I see somebody who's trying to narrate something. Like, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? Let me let us make sure we're clear here because I don't want to fuck up the bonus. Or I want to make sure you get the maximum out of this. What is it that you're really trying to do? You know, and have that quick back and forth. Everybody's in. I have found then too, even at con games, whenever on Avalon, um, when somebody's not stumbling, but they're having a hard time narrating, they describe something I said, So you're looking for this? And I'm like, that sounds kind of cool. What do you guys think? And I look at the table. What do you all think? That sounds cool, I say right out of the gate. That person's doing a cool thing. They're trying, they're engaging with the story. That sounds cool. I'm thinking that should warrant a bonus, yeah? And I look around. What that does is everybody else goes, yeah, oh yeah. Even if they don't necessarily like what that person is described, didn't pay attention to it or whatever, they hear the DM say, I think that warrants a bonus on that role. What do you think? Well, yeah. Right, everybody suddenly pays attention. This person's doing something important and helps them draw draw them in. That's what I'm doing or trying to do. I probably don't do it perfect every time I am mortal infallible, but that's what I'm trying to do. And I think, Sean, quite frankly, when you talked to me when I was in-, in between being in the woods and eating dinner at night before I passed out from just being exhausted, uh, and you mentioned the Star Wars, uh, Fantasy Flight Games thing, I think that reminds me a lot of the fantasy flight stuff that we did because we'd have the um I want to say advantages and disadvantages there's well, what were they the failures and wins and big wins success
0: failure triumph yes you know setback super race. triumph or
1: whatever's there yeah yeah but I, I think those dice that approach also made for a quasi writers table approach. Sometimes it was very easy for us when we were playing with uh Kevin and Austin and some of the guys, also be like, "Hey, this is what I have." Boom, we're like, "Oh, that's awesome." And sometimes someone at the table would be like, "Wow. That's way better than I thought it would be. I've got like these like 18 super successes and nothing bad are you uh I don't even know how to make this that good." Right? And um I distinctly remember you helping me a couple times, like, um, is this really, you know, I, I want this with this. Ba- is that bad enough? Because this looks like a super failure versus a regular failure. Is that Yeah. You know, how do we work this year? And then you say, well, close, but, you know, and I I think that speaks to me, how, how the way you did that. And I think I've taken part of that in my head is it's like, you know, that type of. That type of approach for narration and working the group. It's something I think I've done naturally for a number of years. But after doing it with you and watching you do the FFG Star Wars stuff, it started to codify a little bit more in my head. I'm like, you know, that is a good skill to have. And I think some game systems seem to allow or... Either directly do, like Fantasy Flight does, right? It's, it's in the cards, it's in the dice, excuse me. You have to do that, right? That's how it's built. But a game that doesn't have any skills, like your AD&D without the other stuff, or even a BX game, um, the Red Box stuff, there's no skills and so forth. I, or DCC even. you know, I, I think that piece, that skill is really useful in those games. I think it's really useful. And that's one of the key pieces for me that I'm really learning from this is that my ability to source the table, work with the group, help them figure out to explain what they want to do. We're going to play again tomorrow. And I'll tell you, after two sessions, the group is really hitting their stride. It was only two sessions that we, the first one was a little clunky as we kind of figured it out. Second session though, everybody was like, oh, I need to tell Brett this thing because I want a bonus, or I want to be able to inflict something, or I want to do this thing. You know, am willing to take a negative in order for X to occur. It's really starting to to pay off. So Brett, I, I think it's pretty cool. Why don't yeah, you just sure. play
0: OSC, man? You could you could do some of the what you're doing in like BX or something. Why AD and D? Like AD and D, are you playing like uh, weapon speed and segments and? So we drop all we that don't cool do, stuff, man. It's like A D D, man. I made sure that they
1: uh, they have to be able to list at least ten pole arms to be in the group. If they can't list ten pole arms, they Hulbert, can't tell their man. Experience. That's big damage. <laughs> Yeah, halberd and a falchured fork versus a bohemian ear spoon. If you can't tell the hammer difference.
0: Hammer, looser in 1D12, if I'm not looser mistaken. hammer, yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm not doing that, but we are doing the, I'm not going for the classic Brett Gritty Dark, which is actually tough for me to do. I'm going for an AD&D feel of Greyhawk. Like I reread my Greyhawk first edition books. Like, okay, there's magic here. So the guys are finding magic stuff. And I'll tell you, man, the other piece I'm learning in AD&D and one of the things that my group has bemoaned about 5e and even Pathfinder was the magic items are just meh. Your character is where the power is, right? You level up. And that's where you get stuff. And they miss. My group misses the gear. The cool gear.
0: Man, I don't know. We gave out a lot of magic items when we were kids. And it wasn't always Bonnie Hall campaign. Like, we didn't. No, you know, but, we didn't you like, have, but you like have. You could you, have. It wasn't plus uncommon to have plus two swords at second level.
1: Yes. So the guys are finding, like, oh, this staff, it raises undead. Well, that's pretty cool. Oh, this thing, it does that. They found a finger bone that someone claims is from Nerul, the reaper, this god. They're like, ah, I can't do that. <laughs> they don't know what they got. Um, but there's, they're finding magic stuff and like, ooh, this is really neat. And they're I'm pulling in. I wanted to do Greyhawk. And I wanted to do it in the fir- with first edition because that's how a lot of the guys remembered Greyhawk. And uh, it's just kind of a nostalgia piece sure. for the group. And um, it was... Anyway, that's kind of the... The other thing that the guys liked was the variable, believe it or not, variable leveling up tracks. Ah. You have the linear... I think Monty Cook called it linear fighter and quadratic wizards. It takes... The fighters kind of go. The thieves advance faster. The wizards take longer. Their growth chart is different. I am actually awarding experience points. Instead of doing um how many monsters did you kill, doing the actual math, and figuring figure one gold equals one XP, I'm not doing that. What I am doing, though... Come is on, that, man, you're
0: not even playing ADD anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. One of the things I am doing, though, is I look at the critters, I figure out some... I do some quick math and say, okay, this session was worth 1,500 experience points, or it was worth 15,000 XP. I divide that down by the number of people and I say, hey, it's so many. And Lenny missed the first session. So he's, I think 750 XP behind. He's like, Yep, that's how it ought to work. It's ad and D. I I missed a session. I don't get the XP. Carry on. And it was interesting when Zave leveled up, his thief goes, Oh, I'm second level. What do I get for that? That's it. I said, yeah, but because the level up isn't like this huge, oh, I get a stat bump into this. He's like, well, how do I improve my stats? I said, go find a magic item that helps you do it. Yeah, good luck, kid.
0: I think leveling up was uh, hit points and saving throws may or may not have changed.
1: No, some of that doesn't change until depending third or fourth level. Your your, your hit matrices and so forth don't change And I
0: think that was it. Otherwise, unless you're a thief. Your thieving skills go up. Or a spell.
1: Spell casters may come up. I think that was it. But this is where they, are like, huh? Gear is really cool, and that's kind of fun. They have this reason to go dig into holes and find out what the other, <laughs> what the Su Empire may have left behind, right? Or what's oh, what's over here? What's over there? I could really use that. We've encountered something we can't stop. A oh, boy, I sure wish I had a plus two blade type of thing, right? They really like it. And um, the. Well, when's uh, the
0: last time they played? Because I thought you've run AD and D within the last five years
1: I have, I ran Osric a while back um, in Avalon and I did not have this whole group, Kevin was there, Austin was in it, and a couple other folks, but I have a slightly different mix of players now Nick is newer back to the group, Lenny wasn't in that one um, due to life crap that got in the way so it's kind of, this is like a hard this is not a Brett's setting type of thing it's Greyhawk it's been a very long time since any of us have done this, in this way. Alpha ran a um, <clears throat> Alpha ran a second edition adventure a while back, and I, sh- I should say I have run White Plume Mountain back a uh, number of uh, years ago. Austin and Kevin ran this one as well, <laughs> we're at Lenny's place, and we just characters died left, right, and center from stupid mistakes and instant super tetanus, as I've talked about before. But that was a, kind of a one shot. Now it's a campaign. You know, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? They're trying to figure things out. So. It's it's going to be
0: interesting. There is it. There is an interesting show on Twitch. I've dropped in on that. Uh, that's I cannot for the life of me remember. I'd have to look it up. But they that's that's their thing is Greyhawk. They it's all they talk about. They've had all the living Greyhawk people on there that that knew all the Greyhawk lore and everything. I think they've even had Eric Mona on there, which was oh, nice one of the first living Greyhawk guys. I think he might have actually came up with that campaign. But uh, they are like I had. I have the box set. I had the big map on my wall growing up. I I still have that map.
1: Oh yeah, but I I, could not tell you. It's in a box over here somewhere. Actually, could not tell you one
0: thing about Greyhawk other than the 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 classic Mordenkainen and the Reign of Colorless
1: Fire, the Backlash and movies War. I don't know
0: any of that shit. (sighs) Realms, I'm kind of because they stick that in every damn thing they publish now, but. You know, Greyhawk is kind of, even though growing up during that era, it's still kind of an enigma to me. I mean, we just ran through adventures. Well, you guys, because you, they were, talked were
1: Yeah, you picked up a module and you ran. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: I'll tell you the other thing that I, I haven't implemented yet and I need to do it is, and this is a nod to Tim DeShane. When he ran us through the uh, Astonishing Swordsman, Sorcerers of Borea, he did some of thieving checks, right? <clears throat> My thief ran up I said, I picked lock." He goes, what's your chance? He said, this is what you get. would he would narrate the result to me like oh i need to do this i need to start doing that for these guys i need to do that to make some of it a little more fun so the other thing the guys found out which they love is d6 initiative for the group and we do initiative every round i don't know if everybody did that for first edition but every round you rolled for initiative you start off, did you get surprised or not? So a D six is a Simo. Right. That's
0: standard row, right? Yeah, I, think, I believe yeah. so. And yeah. we've
1: had we've had a couple simultaneous. So they like, I killed the goblin, said Simo, Ah oh, fuck. Bam, bam, bam. They still got their asses kicked. The goblin died, but he still hit the wizard or whatever happened, right? So a couple of Simo things. And now it's like Alpha's a designated because he's got a really good DEX and he's a designated initiative guy. That's so Alpha. I got a four. Come on, Alpha. All right, go, go. Ah, oh, three. Fuck. All right, bad guys go. Then the good guys go. Oh, and they love it when they get initiative. They got initiative one time, three times in a row. We get to go first. And it was a huge deal because they can back out of combat, come in. They could back, you know, shoot arrows, stones, all this stuff. We all, <laughs> we're using roll 20, and uh, we found out we didn't, I didn't notice that for something was wrong. Elf, uh, excuse me, Zave's character had a, a sling. This little gnome's got a sling. He's doing a lot of damage. There's something wrong with that. Something's wrong. And finally, he did more damage. And finally, Nick goes, he does more damage with a sling than he do with a morning star. How the hell is that possible? So I opened up his character sheet and he put a bonus in something he should. not <laughs> He's like, oh, and Zay they, turned like five shades where he's like, I'm really sorry. I thought it was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But uh, the other thing, guys, the uh, kind of the, the cool part about like thieves having like secret, secret thieves stuff. You can't be a fighter who happened to have, you know, a really good sleight of hand skill because you dump some stuff you dump some points into it or something. You know, it's it's specialized. Kind of the niche protection stuff is built in. A few of the guys are trying to figure out if they want a multi class or dual class and so on. I Said those rules are tough. Look it up. I can help you figure it out, but it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. But they're having fun. They they really like, I think they, they like the narration. They like the different level up tracks, which is fun. And the initiative difference by group. One of the things that's the crew has found out is that from doing group group initiative, and we've talked about initiative ages back, but while we're doing group initiative here, I'm like, okay, who wants to go first? At first, they were like, round the table, round the table. I just call out a name. Okay, Nick, what do you do? What do you do? And finally, like, hang on a second. I want to wait until he's done. And now they're, they're starting to work together. But
0: isn't that doesn't it go missile 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 magic melee? I believe in, so yeah. in AD and D. Okay, but we I don't have
1: that. a lot of uh, we don't have a lot of magic yet. We don't have a wizard in the group. Sure. Okay. Right. So we've got one cleric, two thieves, and a fighter right now. That's it. So they don't have a lot of missile. Uh, not much magic, a lot of melee. Everyone's about somebody's flinging play, daggers, or they'll split the group up, or whatever. But they're trying to pool their resources now. Like, hey, okay, I'm going to ride in here. You do this, you do that. I'll go in first. Missile fire here, great. And then I'll follow up with a sword. You know, blah blah blah. So they're trying again, not only to narratively get advantage on different things, but also in combat <laughs> to make sure that they don't fuck up, right? If you get an initiative a couple times in a row, you're like, well, this is pretty good. The tide is on our side. And I'm also checking morale on, the ba- on some of the bad guys. The goblins, for instance. Fought some goblins the second time through. The gobl- It was like back and forth, back and forth. They whacked the one guy down, dumped a healing potion on the fighter. He's back up. After the second time the fighter went down, the goblins were like, yes, and they brought him back. I'm like, fuck. The goblins failed their morale check. I'm like, they bail. That's it. They run. So they capture one, they talk to him, you know, but using morale, which is something I have talked about before on the show, we have two. you know, monsters don't always fight to the death. And keeping that top of mind has also made it feel very AD&D to them. Like, you know, using the phrase, yeah, they failed, they, their morale is broken. Yeah, they fail the morale check and they move. That term is like, oh, cool. We did a thing, there's a mechanic involved. Brett checks something and therefore X. And even if that something is all, I, all I've got down is like after two thirds of the goblins die, the rest of them flee. Or if they can't win in five rounds, they break and run. They've passed something, some mechanic, some clock, some timer, some thing, a milestone has been reached and the little buggers run. They're like, oh, that's great. And using that phrase has been huge to them, to the group. Whether I think whether they necessarily realize it or not, I can see the eyes light up on the cameras. Ah, ah, we've broken the morale. A lot of these guys are Warhammer Fantasy and 40k players too. So when they when they morale break, you failed the check that when your army, you know, your you know group unit. Yeah, they get
0: off runs. the table, they're done. hmm Yeah. Any other questions for me, Sean? I don't want to drag this. Well, how come, how come you nerfed all those other books man the reason I, Arcana is a good book that's a solid freaking supplement
1: so the reason i wanted to nerf it was because i want to keep the, i wanted to keep the group very focused and just start with the basics now if we lose some characters or if there's a tpk or i might bring in an npc that's a cavalier an npc barbarian Somebody's willing to train somebody, like, hey, you want a dual class? I can train you into this skill or I can, you know, something along those lines. And also with the Unearthed Arcana spells, I'm going to start dribbling those in as you know new spells that they find. Somebody has an armor spell or some of the cool stuff from Unearthed Arcana that isn't in the PHP. Putting that out there, when they find it, they're like, that's not in the player's handbook. I know. Oh, is that an Unearthed Arcana spell? Neat. Oh, that's a magic item. Where'd that one come from? Type of thing. The other thing I'm really looking forward to from the gear perspective is is goofy as it shit like the deck of many things, that random crazy piece of kit that you drop it out there regardless of their level, it's fun, and it's a very it's a very first edition AD and D type of thing. You find gear, and sometimes the gear is more powerful than you are, or is campaign changing in some way or another, and just fucking roll with it, you know. So was, that, that, that's why I nerf that stuff. I want to keep it kind of, I want to keep it simple. Make sure we just get the get the hardcore basics down first. That's how we're going to do this. And then uh, start using the Unearthed Arcana stuff to dribble it as some new lore, right? That they find or discover somewhere.
0: So, Brett, this freaking campaign can't all be roses, unicorn farts. There's got to be some other, there's got to be some dog shit to it. What Where's that lie? What's up with that? What's up with that? Uh, so who's mad? Is that what you want to know? <laughs> well, not necessarily who's mad, but there's got to be some drawbacks to some things that just don't work or are clunky or like your group isn't gelling on or – I mean, you c- it's easy to kind of say, well, if this stuff doesn't really um, – if this doesn't work, you just remove it as a house rule and go, ah, you know, I'm not gonna do that. And
1: the, the descriptive beats that I that I, I think I probably belabored at the top of this was hard for a couple of them to get. Now that they got it, they seem to be okay. The other one that people are forgetting are the uh, the weapons rules. So you're adhering to those? Short sword. Not not speed and whatever, but damage types. So oh, it's oh man size, size medium. is you know, short sword versus Human or smaller is D six, larger is D eight, and like wow, yeah, oh, that always really? played
0: out. That's wacky, man. I forgot all about that.
1: And somebody figured out that they bought a bow, and I'm like, yeah. What's your rate of fire per round? Two. You could fire a bow twice a round. Swords once a round. Oh fuck, that's awesome! I gotta go get a bow. Where, where's my goddamn bow? So there, there. People have made some suboptimal choices at the beginning. Right, and because I, they, forgot about because they forgot, even though they listened to me, we looked at the rules, but they, their brain hasn't transitioned, right? So they made some suboptimal purchases, or they picked some suboptimal gear. Or but Brett, their planned.
0: player characters would have known that.
1: No, they didn't. <laughs> I let it go. I'm like, oh, nope, too bad. You made a bad call. I made a bad call. Well, if I'd have known that, well, no, just make some money and go get a bow. You'll be fine. God damn it. So there's a bit of, I would say disgruntled in that space, but I think a couple of people are like, ah, shit, I wish I would have known. Okay, fine. I said, your first level, guys. We're, this is a back to Crayhawk first edition. We're going through this. I'm not trying to murder everybody right out of the gate. But they've also known, realized early on, that they don't have a lot of hit points. And they get there. If you get hit by a zombie, he punches you once, you go down.
0: Yeah, they got zombie rat, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's just bad, right? And they're save. like make your save. What do I have to roll? That or under? No, that or higher.
0: That's a 16.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, some uh, of those saves fuck. are terrible. <laughs> Saving throws are terrible in some of them. God. So what what's happening is I think some of the group is starting to figure out not. Hmm, there was some grousing around the fact that I can't. I can't be heroic. That's uh, is a very broad phrase. It's like right? they
0: can't. I'm not effective because I'm yeah, so I, I,
1: I feel first ineff- level
0: and screwed. Like
1: I, I feel ineffective. I feel like I can't, and so on.
0: Yeah, fighter. I think spells save is like seventeen at first terrible, level. Right? It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: So one of the things I'm doing though is that they're not. You know, the undead lich isn't showing up and laying waste to the party. There is. I'm being not not kind, but from a balanced perspective, the other thing I'm figuring out through this is like, oh, wow, six zombies is too many. <laughs> <The> six <laughs> six zombies will lay fucking waste to four dudes in a heartbeat. Even though the zombies go last, it doesn't they matter. Go last if, every time, they yeah. Fuck you up. Yeah. You know. But then I read cool things like, Oh, skeletons, huh? Used edge weapons, they do half damage. Right. Oh, you use a you use a, a piercing weapon, like an arrow, one point of damage only. Yeah, that's
0: some awesome. of those subtle nuances when it comes to AD and D, and we went kind of we touched on it a little bit at one point where it's like you got these weird rules that you think that's like the thing in the edition that you're playing, and then you realize, wait a minute, they got rid of that. You know, in that edition yeah, or whatever. It, it is
1: it has slowed us down. Because that's like I, su-
0: <clears throat> like the the backstabbing undead, surprising undead, some of that stuff comes from AD&D and then you go into like skeletons like oh great what weapon are you using And I think some of that comes with um, in 5e it comes with you know resistances and immunities
1: yeah the, the, uh, play in the cleric he's like I assume you're using weapon restrictions I said absolutely <laughs> no edged weapons. He's like, fine by me. I think that's cool. I want to do cleric? that. Yeah. Yep. cleric. Yeah, no, no edged, edged weapons. weapons. That's he's totally fine. Mace, and we joke. And, and we, mace, and we joke because when's the last time you ever saw somebody hit with a flanged mace at high speed? Pulled that, you know, not
0: edged. Right, <laughs> His teeth and blood go flying. Yeah. I'm sure that hurt. Yeah, it's so it's such a weird Gygaxian thing. Like, yeah, you don't want to cut their throat, but bashing their skull in is like totally acceptable. Do, yeah. yeah.
1: I view that stuff as like uh, these are the first attempts to maintain a balance or some sort of a normality to it and blah, 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 you know, whatever it is what it is in that space. And the guys like it. But what I think is happening is like, well, what do you mean? That's how it works here. Oh, zombies always go last. Really? Yeah. And congratulations. Wow. Fuck. Okay. You said he was a necromancer. That's what everyone called him. Well, is he high level or what's he doing? I don't know. Just, ah, he's just so weird. You know, names uh, matter and it's yeah. kind of. Well, they got
0: the titles for levels. Yeah. And the guys look at him like, that's your title.
1: And Zave's like, well, does that matter? And Alpha goes, you damn right it does. <laughs> he said, you're a thief, man. Look at cut your purse. Are, are you a cut purse, a foot or, pad? Foot or, pad, uh, cut know, purse. Uh, yeah, all that uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Alpha's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm this I've got this new title and uh, Zave's like can I use that? you know so Zave leans in and says well can I use the title for something I said well quite possibly if you're talking to other people like in thieves can't right and you say your rank that matters that's a level of experience something you have to oh, oh well, that's interesting you know so they're getting they're digging through the character sheet and do
0: you the, have guys the, that the have classes, never played AD&D
1: Zave has played very little AD&D. Okay, he cut his teeth on Rollmaster of all weird things, and then got into AD&D peripherally, but a lot of it has been—it's just so long. And the, like I said, I, I think the downside where the the turn the punch bowl, and if you will, is a little bit of like, what the fuck is my character sheet do? You're like, wow, what, what's all this stuff mean? How do I use it again? I'm used to a five E Pathfinder three O. Uh, call Cthulhu character sheet. They know where all that. Stuff, what it all means.
0: There's not a lot to it, man. It's like there's not much little, to it. Get the, get the yellow sheet, and it's like, what is you're armed with? Like you're, like, that's my weapon. But something that
1: says you. Know, <laughs> what's your level plus your title? Like, well, does title matter? And they're like looking at this, going, I don't have a lot of official data of what my character can do, right? So I'm, so they're again, they're looking for skills. So. Because you don't have that, now they're mining through the character sheet going, I'm a footpad, a robber, I'm a warlord, I'm a wizard, I'm a, you know, whatever, clergy. But they don't even have
0: to do that. What I was trying to explain to Jeff, what is an eldritch knight in OSE?
1: It's just a fighter.
0: Just, I don't know, you make it up. You pick fighter, magic user, you you dual class, you multi-class. And then you become known as I'm. I am known as the Aldrich Knight. Urgh. Yes, you know. So
1: Lenny got into it because he's a huge Greyhawk fan. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. So he comes in and he's got a great backstory that he's playing off of his character. Like learn the sword, figure this out, figure that out. So he's kind of like you know, bit of a sellsword, trying to make his way. Wants to become maybe a knight, landowner. So he's got goals and things he wants to do, and. The group is kind of like, boy, what do we, and he, the fighter shows up. He just starts giving orders, people, like, oh, thank God the fighter's here. And they're just following him. And he gets hold of me. He's like, I'm not trying to run the group around. He said, but they kind of let me do it. I said, no, dude, it's perfect. The other characters just showed up. They were thrust together. You came in as an organized military person and said, all right, here's what, here's how we do this. A martial safe. character, yeah. Thank God he's here, Right. Right. So Bring some
0: order to this chaos, is band of bandits. Yeah,
1: two thieves and a cleric running around, you know, stealing shit and healing people. Hey, doing the best. you know, like, ah, what do we do? Oh, thank God the fighter's here. He's got hit points, you know? People are looking now like, oh, the backstory matters. What do I want? How do I want to do this? And I think as they start to get gear, update their kit, you know, they find more magic items and figure things out. It's going to be fun. And things are going to change, Right. And uh, I started doing a little bit, and then the title thing came came up. And uh, Nick reminded the group that in Alpha's Undermountain game, we killed the green dragon. My character delivered the killing blow, so my dwarf is like dragon slayer. That's my name. Do you?
0: Oh, is that XP for the last blow? Do you I play that? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, <laughs> no, we don't. Is, is
0: that a rule? Was that a rule? Or <laughs> that, is that was a just house rule. Us? Yeah, whoever oh, did the it? killing blow got more. Killing or blow got the most of the XP or whatever. It right? could be. Yeah.
1: So. Anyway, in the Undermountain game, I, I'm like Dragon's Bane. I am so-and-so Dragon's Bane. Yeah, you're-, you're Because I killed the dragon. you the and dragon like, slayer. like, yeah, but we were all there, Said so if I were you, I'd take the same title. So we go to First Ed and Greyhawk, and they change titles. And Nick's like, hey, yeah, remember Brett's Dragons? Brett's the Dragon's Bane in Alpha's game. I'm like, yeah, totally, use it, man. And they're like, wow, does that matter? Let's, let's throw this title around a little bit and see if we get some extra, see if I get a free beer for it or whatever, so. It's it's throwback, nostalgia, fun, but it's also um, kind of digging into some of the basics and go, what can I make with this? And that is the challenge the players have to me in my group is this character sheet has all the data in it. There's no look up what skill you have. There's no look this up. What le- What do you get at level five? There's not a lot. There's not much there. However, they all remember... I had a character who was really cool yeah it may have been in high school yeah it may have been in my 20s but I I know I can do something with this right I can make this cool to your point when you're talking to Jeff you know do you want to be a samurai that's fine wear lacquered armor lacquered banded armor and a two-handed sword single edge done and live by a code. And live by a code. And You're done. Code, you could yeah. be a cavalier, for God's sakes, whatever it is. You, you have a code. Be a paladin. You know, whatever. Cavalier is do. a
0: samurai. It's just in the Western culture, right? Yeah. It's. I mean, very similar. Yeah.
1: So, I told them that I said, "You make it. This is the core of who you are. But add the other. Add the flavor to it. Well, what do you mean by that? So we get into it. I'm like, "Look, the flavor is yours to add. And it's taking a bit of time for them to get that. But as they go through it, Nick Nick jumped on it pretty quick. His character had, um, he's a drinker, he had a, bad, he had a bit of a rough start. He hooked up with Alpha's character who's a thief. He's kind of running away from some trouble, you know, but he's, he's building on that, building on it. And Lenny comes in and doing the Lenny thing. and He's got a great background. He's got this stuff and he's dr- everybody else. Yep, that's cool. That's the, that's where the action is, is I'm making something of myself instead of waiting for the next ding i.e., the level to give me the next thing. I have to make something of myself. I could be kick ass even at first level or start or pretend I am or whatever it is. So anyway, that's does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it's funny how you get there the you limit the options, but it broadens their horizons. What totally, is like, you... Pathfinder? Like you could grab this and grab that and have archetype and then you know, and it's like oh, I could grab feats and then I you know, then it's it's a
1: motherfucker to be a yeah. power gamer in first ed, man Unless you yes. cheating. you got to be yeah. a fucking cheater to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you do. do, yeah. there's No question about that. They roll.
1: We roll forty six. Take the highest three, and I let them do it twice. They roll in one order? set. Of, they nope. They roll one set of stats and another set of stats. You have to choose one one complete block
0: in order, though.
1: No, you can do whatever you want with
0: it. So they okay. So you run them two two arrays, but you can assign them any way you want. Any way you want to. Okay, that's pretty flexible. That's pretty was, nice. Really flexible, which yeah.
1: allowed them to pick like, hey. Oh, I have enough. I could be a paladin. Oh, I have enough. I could be this. Well, that
0: allows you to make some prereqs for some it, of those it classes. It made some prereqs, and yeah. a couple
1: guys like, "Hey, if I," Zave's like, "Wait a minute, I get a ten percent bonus on XP." Yes, you do. Yeah. You, you <laughs> <can> <laughs> do. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch!
0: <laughs> hey, don't forget cleric, cleric man. You got to donate some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, cleric's already. He's already tithing. He's already <laughs> finding churches and giving away money. He's doing it. He's doing it. It's good. It's good. And... Uh, like you said, I think it's the, I've taken something away. You and I talked about this like, hey, man, let's just play 5e and pull the damn stats off or pull, a, uh, pull the skills away from it or something. We're kind of talking is like, how, how, what would we do? What are we missing? And like, you know, I do have a game that does that. And that's my first edition stuff. Second does it to a point too, but second has secondary skills, proficiencies. Yeah other thing the guys found out too in first edition is like, oh, are you proficient in that weapon? Well, what do you mean? There's weapon proficiencies.
0: Yeah, you get a minus four. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah. Like, it's like, oh my god, at first level, that's like a minus forever. That's like a don't fucking hit anybody. Yeah, uh-huh. you've come
0: across that weapon yeah. and it's like, yeah. oh, bastard sword. Ooh, oh, yeah, I can't use. Handy. I can't use it.
1: Oh, you can. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Right. Yeah, clumsy oaf. Yeah. Oh, I'm not good at Morningstar. Clunk. Ow! Hit my head. You know. But it's kind of the took stuff away, added limitations, added, you know, just a different array of things. And now they're figuring out how do I make cool shit happen with this stuff? I told Dave this and I said, he he was a cook. He's he's an amazing cook. He's cooked professionally before in restaurants and stuff. And not like, you know, big five-star restaurants or anything, but he's, he's a hell of a good cook. I said, it's kind of like walking into a kitchen. And I said, look, I got a pound of salt. I got this, this, and this. Can you make something? You go, well, I can make bread. I can do this and this. That's what you're looking to do here. What can you make out of this? Right? It's don't don't worry about how do I improve this so that it becomes something cool. No, make this cool. Make this thing in front of you cool because this is the horse you're going to ride.
0: Now everybody wants to play AD&D. Yes. I
1: hope so. By God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a fun game. I'm having a good time with it.
0: So I... I know that you shuffle around, like, r- pretty frequently, Brad. Is this, like, do you have a timeline for duration or length of this campaign? Or um, what? Is, Do you I, have a story arc, and then once the story's done, Yeah, that's I know kinda- what I
1: want to do. I don't want to. All right. So I have a box set I've been dying to pull out and run the adventure through. I don't want to name it because if one of the guys listens to it. They're yeah, going to be like, there's oh. There's probably a Nick so or somebody who really listens to Somebody's it. Somebody's listening. Somebody's listening. Nick probably is a jerk. Um, <laughs> love you, Nick. Um,
0: anyway. I think uh, you're a nice guy, Nick.
1: They, oh, you army guys stick together. Anyway, um, I want to take him to a pretty high level if I can.
0: What's pretty high? 12th?
1: I want to take um, them. Yeah, Knife level like, is really high in AD&D. No, I, I want to see if we can get to the teens. If they can get high Ooh. enough where they don't die, if they get teens, I got a treat for them. That's so we'll magic
0: users I'm... dropping some big nukes. Yes. At teen yeah. level. Holy cow.
1: Yeah, I want to see if I can get everybody up in the teens and see if we can make this work. Hmm. This could be fun.
0: So are they all human or demi human? Did you put in the limit levels or the level limits? Yeah. Le- limit levels. Yeah. Did you?
1: So we've got. So if, if you're,
0: elf, you're elf, you're done at I think yeah. ninth, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it depends what you do. So we've got one half elf and uh, a gnome and two humans.
0: Yeah, <laughs> gnome and two humans and a half elf. Huh? Okay.
1: I think what's going to end up happening is they're either going to um, somebody at some point is going to say, "Can I make a second character?"
0: Right, <laughs> get to the top. Be like, Which
1: is fine because somebody's gonna be like, "I wish I had a wizard with us. We don't have a wizard. Well, should we? Should we get one
0: now?" And I think their hit points are like one plus one, one
1: plus two. Yeah, they're terrible. They're not that good.
0: <laughs> but I've got
1: some I got some high-level you know teens type shit to throw at them. I think could be a lot of fun. So we'll see what happens.
0: Well, sounds fantastic. We're looking forward to it, Brett. Cool, to give man. us updates.
1: Yeah, I just I thought it was it was a fun throwback, but I'll tell you, man, a lot of the things that you and I've talked about over the last six years. I really needed to kind of dig into, talk about the narration stuff, making failure fun, all of that shit we've talked about. Really, for whatever reason, it's just boom, right to the front with this this old school game because it's not in it, right? It's not designed... As elegantly as some of the, as some of our more "quote unquote" modern games, better yeah, games, whatever you want to say. There's clunky
0: crap in that old stuff, man. I'm like, what the hell? How do we play this shit? You know, but it's it was fun. I mean, it got me in the hobby and I loved it. But it's looking back, it's kind of like, ooh, goodness gracious!
1: Why would I do that? Yeesh. But I tell you what, man. Once you've been away from something like that, and you if you had a good time with it, and I said, hey, showing you all play some AD and D. I bet you you'd be
0: like, fuck yeah, I'll play that. Sure, yeah. I mean, I played yeah. OSC with Hobbs. You know, he's you know OSC man. That brought back some memories. It's a little different, but AD and D man is like I started reading my PHB. It was a few years ago, and I went. Oh, I tried Whoa. to read that
1: cover to cover and understand, and learn how to play the game. Not going to happen.
0: Wow. But that's cleaner.
1: why that's why I tell people if you really if you want to do it from scratch, you pick up Ozric and read that. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a That's a better way to learn AD and D, and so on. But anyway. Oh, infravision. The other thing the guys figure out is infravision,
0: infra-vision. Yes. and not
1: dark vision. None of that. There's infra, ultra. Right? You see infravision, heat and cold. Ultra vision. It's different, man. And they're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> yeah. And when you when you uh, when you explain to somebody when the you know when the person with their infravisions on watch and they see a large hot blob walking towards them, they react differently than than you say you see a bear. Right, a bear's right. a different thing. A large blob of heat and orange and reds and yellows lumbering towards you, snuffing the ground. That's freaky. Versus, you see a bear. Oh, it's a bear. I just be quiet and it'll go away. You know, you see? <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, man, let's move on. No, all
0: sorry. right. Let's get into die roll. Right, I do die appreciate roll, I appreciate you 2D... wanting me
1: to indulge myself. Yeah,
0: man. You. 2D4 miscellaneous points of gaming geekery you want to share with you. Uh, first one, World Builder's Notebook by Swordfish Islands. Um, thanks, Mike, for pointing that out and writing in for that. So if you're a big notebook, journal kind of person and you want to grab one, it comes in like hex, squares. Oh, cool. All kinds of different stuff. So that's a something to pick up if you want a journal. Hey, it's the holidays. Folks, buy some stuff. Especially now. People need some help. Voicemod.net. Change your voices when you game. I know somebody in our Discord posted something that is probably similar to this. It works on Windows. It's coming to Mac and Linux, supposedly. But you could tweak lots of, like, you can tweak pitch. You could tweak... Reverb and Echo and all kinds of stuff. So it, for these, it's kinda, for these,
1: this online gaming world we live in.
0: Yes. Boom. And you can plug it into Discord. Like it's pretty easy that way. So you know, I was looking at it and thought, wow, it'd be perfect if guy or gal was playing a droid character because they can oh, like, yeah. robot go, it out. Yep. You yeah. Robot it
1: out. That's cool,
0: man. So check that out. It's free. Uh we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh Jerry Steffic Crawl for the cure for Mr. Welch and the gang. So we'll have a link. So if you want more details on who to tune in and where to find more information about that, proceeds going to go the Cancer Society. Last one, Campfire, which is something VC uh, dropped. I thought we put that in there when we had those tools for um, – I don't remember it, though. I thought it was, but it's not. I can't find it on the okay. website. So we help writers imagine, plan, and tell their stories. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good – yeah, it's a good kind of campaign thing. I don't think it's – I don't think it's uh, system based, but
1: no, it's it's you know establishing ideas and settings, world building 101. It's that uh, idea of how to get organized because you've got all these really cool ideas about a thing you want to do. How do I how do I do something with it? Right, right. Very cool. Thank you, BC. Very good stuff.
0: And then I think that is it for this week, Brett. I know. Okay, so you got um the I'm just post paste that in there twice. What um. What are we talking about next week, dude?
1: We're talking about healing up. Healing up? Yeah.
0: I'm healing up. <laughs> going uh, to let you show. So, I'm healing up.
1: Yeah, that's that's what it is.
0: I'm healing.
1: All right, we'll talk about it next time. I'm
0: going to get a DMCA takedown notice because of my awesome. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so, I, okay, well, we'll talk off air about it. Yeah, Brett's moving. He's got surgery going on. I don't know what December looks like. So, but healing I'm up by the next one. God damn it. Thanks for everybody that joined us this evening. It's always a pleasure to see folks drop in the chat. And if Absolutely. you can make it, that would be great. If you can't, just subscribe to the podcast. Otherwise, we televise here live and record this on Mondays at 8 p.m. Central Time uh, for all the fun. And then on YouTube, if you find this, go ahead and like and subscribe. Otherwise, for Gaming and BS, I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Good night, and good game gaming all.
0: This episode of Gaming and BS Produced with help from the following BSers Jared Rasher Ray Otis Old School DM Jason Hobbs Andy Hall Roger Braslett Chris Steele Larry Hout Eric Frankhouse Tony Sugarloaf Baker Stefan Dragonspawn Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongro, C.W. Mellencamp Dan LaValley Craig Huber Ron Bishop Old Scouser Roleplaying Jim Fitzpatrick Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook Sky Craig Howard Bishop Jeff Seifert Angus Eric Salsweedle George Sedgwick Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Perry Besore, Eric Avia, Andy Olson, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Niall Diamond, Jeff Goad, Brian Rumble, David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, Henry Newcomb, Eric Tavola, Host Carl, Mark Sohm, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Curtis Hinson, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Jason Weeb, $1 Adventure Frameworks, Phil McClory, Jay Plata, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries Christian, Vanta Blacklord, Larry Howis, Quigley Malcolm, AWOL Trooper, Craig Shipment, Christopher Lang, Chad Gleman, Josh Wallace, Adam Grotejohn, Ed Nyes, Brett M. Pazinski, Corey Welch, Marco Froelich, Rich Wishon, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, and Aaron Ralia. Hey, did you know we had a Discord server? Yeah, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash Discord to partake in the chatter over there. We hope to see you there. Thanks, BSers. This, this has, has been a litterbox, litterbox studio production. production. <laughs> yeah, one. Well, I got. I
1: had to come back to Wisconsin to get one. I did not get one in Michigan. Oh. Opening day, in Wisconsin. I got a nice eight. Eight pointer. Eight point buck, Derry. Ain't a 30-pointer, but sure it's good enough. sure was good enough, Derry.
2: Good Got enough,
0: her. yeah. Go chop that one up and eat her, put her on the grill later tonight. I actually ate
1: some for lunch today. It was good.